I think we're watching different shows. What's happening, everyone? And welcome to The Substance of Style with me, Neve Cunningham, and the lovely Louise Vance. And we are here this week talking about the ultimate end to Fashion Month, which is Paris Fashion Week. Oh, j'adore. Actually missed Milan Fashion Week last week due to technical difficulties with the YouTube. YouTube. Don't even get us started. Not sound. Not sound. But we're back this week with Paris and there's been so many shows that I think we're just going to tackle our highs and lows. So many. So many brilliant shows to get Mm -hmm. through. And I think probably, as you say, best way for us to tackle it is just get straight into our favourites. So we're going to talk about our highs and lows, which I feel like we actually agree with the majority of these this week. We've had Mm -hmm. a few controversial um, clashes over the past month or so, but... Paris, for me, has just been an overall joy to watch and the collections were awesome. So good. So inspirational, I think, Mm -hmm. in so many ways, which for me is the thing that I really love about Fashion Month is whenever you watch shows that really encourage you to push your fashion boundaries and make you fall in love with Mm -hmm. fashion all over again. And it covers the spectrum of, like, diehard fashion lovers for, like, the technique and just kind of, like, the skill for it. And then... It goes all the way down to like styling and like I'm gonna say Instagram, but like just mm. more relatable kind of kind of clothes. Which, yeah, yeah. Which it goes across the board. And when people think of designer fashion, they automatically think, "Oh well, you know that's not for us." But oh, Paris totally. Fashion Week covered everything, like literally everything. I think as well, you know, designer fashion. A lot of the designers that you know work in these houses mm-hmm. now, they they understand that their audience don't necessarily shop 100% designer clothes Mm -hmm. all of the time. You know, there is that mix of people wanting to wear high street and designer, not necessarily wearing top to toe one brand. Mm -hmm. And they're very much kind of catering to that. And they're very much looking to, dare I say it, the street for inspiration to make the clothes relevant, modern, relatable. And you can really see that coming through. Mm -hmm. And that's been something that's been happening, I think, slowly over the last couple of years. But you're really seeing it now. And I think... For a lot of people, you know, it's worthwhile checking out these these shows because yeah, they will see things that they will be able to relate to. Like there's a few collections that we are going to speak about that whenever I seen it, I was like, I could wear this look tomorrow because I have these items in my wardrobe as we speak. Mm. And it's it's amazing that the fashion houses are moving in that direction because yeah. like we're all so connected now. Why not? Completely. One that we definitely did love, which makes definitely our high list, mm. is Saint Laurent. Oh, it was so good. I mean, Anthony just completely knocked it out of the park. I adored everything. It was amazing. Loved it. Like, even just starting with the production, like the lights, like the way the models walk, just kind of the layout of it. It really mm. like you were you were you were stuck on it. You were fixated on it. You couldn't mm. look away. And with the way the models walked, and it was just straight. Everyone was the same. It was very like grungy. Mm. Which usually doesn't like isn't what happens on catwalks. Models yeah, usually yeah. Are, are doing their strut, but it was really nice to see that they were all kind of walking in formation. If that's mm. fair to say, I think it worked as a juxtaposition against what we were seeing from a styling perspective mm-hmm. because the clothes were very, very highly stylized. You mm-hmm. had that very, very strong shoulder pad. Um, which, as far as I can remember, I think Anthony was saying that it took him about six months to actually perfect the proportions of that. Yeah. To work out the proportions of how far out they could take the shoulder pads to bring it into the waist yes. to keep it in proportion. 
and you really kind of got that sort of aesthetic of the Y shape, you know, mm -hmm. the strong, strong shoulders, the nipped in waist, the very, very long elongated legs, the, the platform super high heels. Yes. It God. just aesthetically, it was very sharp, very, very clean, mm -hmm. very, very strong, and very confident. And I think the staging really reflected that as well. One thing that I loved was the little romper shorts. Oh, like there was yes. such a mix of styles in this collection. Yeah. And I, I, it still felt like it correlated mm -hmm. correctly. Like he was really throwing it out there. Like you really, there was so much leg showing and yeah, there was yeah. plenty of boob showing. And it was, it was skimpy in parts and yet mm. there was lots of layering happening. Yeah. And he yeah. just did it in just such a very like, equalized way that's probably not the yeah. right word I should be using but balanced no, but it was balanced it yeah. was out there but balanced well I think that really makes a lot of sense because you know when you look at his previous designs Anthony is very kind of well known for for liking kind of that long leggy short mm -hmm. aesthetic and I think for a lot of people when they see that they think it's very kind of it's overtly sexy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when you look at this collection, yes, obviously there is an element of that, but that's not the overriding feel. Yeah. You're getting the feel of a very confident, very strong woman. Mm -hmm. It's not about a woman being viewed in an objectified way yeah. by a man. Instead, it's about a woman being very controlled and strong and confident mm -hmm. in what she's wearing. And I love that really, really strong tailoring, kind of those the elements kind of harked back to the 1980s with the, the strong haircut, yeah. the sunglasses, the, the neon. It just aesthetically, I think it all worked seamlessly together and mm -hmm. it produced a collection which, I'll be honest, I as a woman would really love to yeah. wear. It felt like you that you could still go out and again, it did give you that kind of shock, that kind of like, oh, because... Like the, there was a lot of skin showing, and there was, yeah, yeah. but it it was empowering. It was something that I looked mm. at, and it took me back. But then I looked at it, and I was like, I would definitely wear that. Mm. I would feel super confident going out in that. Yeah, depends where you're going, obviously in Belfast, but yeah, true. <laughs> well, I think as well, you know, when I was watching it, I was getting vibes as well of kind of the Tom Ford era. I know, obviously, mm -hmm. I talk a lot about Tom Ford. She um, loves Tom Ford. Yeah. But when you look at what he did when he designed at Saint Laurent or Yves Saint Laurent as it was at that stage and what he was doing at Gucci, that kind of very strong tailoring, um, sheer tops that did show off mm -hmm. boobs and cleavage, you know, that was very prevalent at that time as well. And it was nice to kind of see a return to that, but done in a very modernized way that mm -hmm. it didn't feel like it was, it was dated. It felt like it was relevant. Mm -hmm. And I think as well, you know, when you look at what a lot of the other houses are doing, you know, it is much more kind of maybe more demure looks, yeah. less kind of that very, very strong sexual undertone yeah. feeling. And it was nice to see uh, a house like Saint Laurent kind of going, well, no, this is what Saint Laurent is known for. Yeah. And we, we want to stick to the codes and the DNA of the brand and modernize it in a way that's going to be relevant for today's fashion audience. I think they did that extremely well. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as all that was over, we basically went into like this neon 80s. <gasps> It was like, so cool. And it was really so surprising. Cool. It was just like, it kind of ended and we were like, mm -hmm. oh, there's like, the lights are still down, there's something happening. And like yeah. all these highlighter colors started mm -hmm. walking down the catwalk. And like that, you still got to see the outfit. You still yeah. understood, like, you still understood the design of the outfit. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, it really was so well done and so different actually, because especially running up, like all the shows that we've watched up until that point, 
Mm-hmm. Like there was a few that kind of stood out for something yeah, different, yeah. but it really it brought it. Well, I think as well the way it was staged, mm-hmm. it really worked with those clothes. It mm-hmm. wasn't just about you know doing something stylistically to be different, yeah. but it actually stopped you and prevented you from being able to appreciate the design. Yeah. Instead, the staging actually enhanced the design and brought it out on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And sort of those the bright kind of neon marabou fur um, mini dresses yeah. were just like oh my god they are so cool yeah so amazing and the high heels the the sunglasses again mm-hmm. all of those little touches it was really cool like oh, <laughs> i just i literally it's like i want to be on that catwalk i want to be wearing those clothes i just yeah loved it it was like it was kind of like how we spoke about london fashion week and london fashion week was about you know um new kind of designers and mm-hmm. being innovative and different and we thought like paris was going to be no, Paris is like the elite kind mm. of um, fashion week of the month. Yeah. But that showed me that like they brought the art, like they, br- they brought as much art as London gave us, but yeah. they did it in Paris fashion week style. Mm-hmm. So obviously we've just been saying how much we adored the staging mm-hmm. of the Saint Laurent show. And I don't know about you, but I certainly find myself kind of emotionally disengaging with Balenciaga down to the staging and production yeah it was it wasn't done very well i also don't really real like i don't really know what they were kind of going for and i Mm. tried to understand it i was kind of like oh maybe they're going for this like stormy kind of post-apocalyptic kind of i don't know whatever this feel was and i was just Mm. like yeah i don't even get it and you can't even see the clothes like it was it was so it was just so yeah as you said like disengaging well, that was the thing. Like, I'll be honest, I was watching and it was so difficult to actually be able to see what was happening mm-hmm. because the lights, the ceiling was completely the light source, essentially, mm-hmm. for the show. And they kept it so dark and so low. And a lot of the times you had colour filters coming through, you had yeah. blues, you had reds. And it was very, very difficult not only to be able to see the colours of the clothes, mm-hmm. but also the construction of them yeah. and what was kind of going on in terms of the layering, the detailing. You just really couldn't see anything yeah. I just found myself straining to try and work it out mm-hmm. and then afterwards when I was looking at the photographs online I was like I don't remember half of these clothes yeah. because the colours do not in any way represent what I just saw on that yeah. catwalk so it was just really hard to kind of make sense of it I wonder if you were actually there and you were at the show did it make sense mm-hmm. because you were like in it and maybe more engaged with what was going on whereas whenever you're watching it on video or you know, over the internet, like mm. maybe the the lighting situation wasn't wasn't ideal for that. For me, it was yeah. No, Balenciaga was definitely a low point. Mm. I just I didn't engage with it. Me too. I mean, even like I'm not a massive fan of Demna. I'll be totally truthful about mm. that. I loved Balenciaga whenever Nicolas was the the lead mm-hmm. designer. I'm not really massively into my streetwear, and obviously Demna is very very known <laughs> for that. So I naturally don't engage because it's not the aesthetic that I like Mm -hmm. but even at that when I kind of looked at the clothes I just thought I'm not really seeing anything new here I'm not Mm -hmm. seeing anything that really kind of pushes and progresses in a way that I would find interesting yeah but again obviously I'm not the target audience yes so you do have to keep that in mind but certainly for me Balenciaga unfortunately was one of my low points boo 
Now you did mention Nicholas there, and oh. I know she's going to be super excited to talk about this show because I'm super excited to talk about this show. And we're going to go with another high, which is Louis Vuitton. Oh my word, what a way to finish it was Paris awesome. Fashion Week. Oh, I literally, from the first second that <laughs> that first model came out, I was just completely emotionally engaged in mm-hmm. everything that I saw coming out of that catwalk. See, Fabulous. When I started watching it, I was like, okay, medieval circus. <laughs> I don't really know how that's going to like help you guys try and figure out what it looked like. But mm. it was like, okay, so we're going for more like theatrical kind of. Now, yeah. it wasn't like Hockature. It wasn't like that at all. But it was way more creative. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a whole new take on what I thought, like what we've seen previously with Paris. I think... One thing which, I mean, I obviously love Nicolas. I mm-hmm. loved his tenure whenever he was at Balenciaga. I think he's one of our most hugely talented designers of this mm-hmm. era. And it's really nice to kind of see at Vuitton how he takes a very traditional house, mm-hmm. but comes up with designs that are very, very modern. And the styling of it, I think that was the thing that I really emotively connected with because the structure of the clothes, the way they had very sort of structured ruffled mm-hmm. shoulders, um, those really, really cool little um, skater skirts with the V pointing down, yeah. um, the juxtaposition of the materials and the patterns, mm-hmm. just everything was kind of styled and cut in a very different way yeah. and paired together in a very different way, which for someone like me who loves her classic designs yeah. and loves to look very classic and polished, it was like, this is how to look edgy, mm-hmm. but do it in a way that completely makes sense. It was it was just super cool. And it was like, it was very much, it was very street style-esque. Yeah. Like I was watching it and I was like, I know so many people who I'm just friends with on Instagram who would absolutely love this show. Mm. And for me, like for a styling point of view, like Louis Vuitton had it. Like yeah. everything else you see, you're like, oh yeah, that's designer and they designed this outfit. But they really mishmashed a lot of things. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just like moved in the middle of that. Um, they really mishmashed a lot of things together that you initially wouldn't think worked. And then I was sitting watching it, being like, oh my god, I could definitely wear this like checkered shirt with like a frilled leather skirt. It was mm-hmm. as a styling point of view, I was just like, this is a dream. Like this is the most creative styling I've seen probably of the whole week. Yeah. Absolutely. And just, I loved all the little kind of, you know, little nods. Like there was a, a yellow and black kind of checkerboard, yeah. um, which was really reminiscent of stuff that Marc Jacobs did mm-hmm. back in the day. And just I enjoyed kind of all those little nods and salutes to mm. elements that we've seen before, but done in entirely new and different ways. And just the styling side of things, you know, like really interesting cropped leather jackets with kind of oversized shoulders nipping in. Just, mm-hmm. Juxtapositions of colors and textures and patterns styled together again in ways that you wouldn't necessarily Mm -hmm. think of doing, but just collectively together made sense. And for someone like me that does not (laughs) normally engage in street style, I looked at it and went, This makes me want to push my fashion boundaries. This makes me want to try things I normally wouldn't try. And for me to say that and for me to be inspired in that way is fantastic it's big it really is big but even looking at it it was just like these things should not go together Mm. and you have made it work and like Mm. thumbs up but it was completely just like it was to be honest I was watching it and I was like this is fashion 
like no like that f a s h u n fashion like this but that was it and it was yeah it felt the yeah it was just the most creative out of all of them and mm. i was just like at home watching it it just felt way more fresh mm. way more relevant and young like i think feel like yeah. a lot of the shows it's you know it's quite mature in the styling but mm. yeah no this collection definitely felt like for a younger audience mm. i think when you talk about maturity mm-hmm. i think that's something that i can really see with nicolas as a mm-hmm. designer he's very self-assured in his vision he understands his client he understands his design aesthetic he understands the design aesthetic of Vuitton and he's confident and mature in the way that he presents that i think there's a lot of designers wouldn't have necessarily been confident enough to put out a collection like this mm-hmm. styled in the way that it was yeah. but because he is so confident in his vision and really understands what he's trying to achieve that's why even though it shouldn't work it works and yeah it just it showed though it really showed it was one of those things that when everything came out and then at the end whenever everyone walks obviously all together and they mm. did their walk it all just synced together beautifully yeah like it really did it had to applaud them they did really well <laughs> me saying that yeah Louis Vuitton did really well so they did good mm. performance at Paris Fashion Week yeah two tens so another stage production that I actually really liked was Balmain and do you know what it was actually really interesting this season because Olivier moved it from our usual venue which mm-hmm. is very <laughs> I love how she referred it there as our our venue as if like he's so involved <sighs> with Balmain <laughs> I wish just to be a part of the Balmain yeah. army Love the designs. Love Olivier. Uh, anyway, going back to mm-hmm. fashion, um, I think Balma as a brand is known as being very ostentatious, expensive, luxurious. Mm-hmm. And the staging in the venue previously has been very um, reminiscent of this with mm-hmm. the beautiful kind of gold work and you know crystal chandeliers and very mm-hmm. opulent. Whereas this season, it was very paired back. It was very street oriented, which mm-hmm. was very reflective in what we were seeing on the catwalk as well. It was minimal and that's what people go for these mm. days. No one really like, we don't really like the opulence. That's the very traditional way of going. Yeah. Plain, simple, very art like, mm. you know. And I just thought it was amazing. I thought I thought it was really, really good. And I, I'm not a big follower of Bama mm. only because because I see like Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian. So yeah. I never really followed it and I just wasn't really bothered by it. But obviously this year... I watched the show mm. and it was very it girl and I really I really enjoyed it. I just mm. thought I could see a million people on Instagram or even the high street taking influence yeah. from his work and immediately I thought that this is something that is is going to go down very well universally. Mm. I think Olivier understands his customer, he understands his demographic mm-hmm. extremely well. And in terms of things like their social media as well, yeah. understands how to very clearly communicate that message. And when you look at the designs, you know, you had that very kind of, again, a lot of tailoring, which we're mm-hmm. seeing through a lot of the designers, but in a very relaxed street style. Yeah. So you had kind of, I think we were talking earlier before we went on camera, yeah. kind of the mom jeans <laughs> yes. and, you know, the very kind of relaxed silhouettes, mm-hmm. the cropped jackets. And like I love the use of materials. Like mm-hmm. I love the fact that he had a lot of, you know, final and leather and the studding. I mean, oh my yeah. goodness, the amount of studs. It was cool. It yeah. was pretty cool. And like, I'm not big into embellishments. And I just thought it was like, I, w- I would wear that, no problem. Mm-hmm. I'd feel so cool wearing that. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's 
it's a cool collection mm -hmm. and generally speaking that's what Olivia likes to put out it is a very kind of cool edgy modern yeah fun and yeah I just well I'm a bit of a Balmat babe I do love <laughs> my Balmat so yeah there's plenty of people that probably watched it again maybe like me who are on the fence but they're watching it out of interest who would be like I I would wear the entire thing and that's actually one thing I said as well before we went on camera mm. was that looking at it I felt a lot of style inspiration yeah and um, so not that I necessarily needed to buy Balma because mm. you know I can't afford that but I could still wear the style I could still wear like the Balma girl it girl kind of style with, yeah yeah again we mentioned the mom jeans and the the, the crop jackets and yeah I just I was just like thumbs up for me I think they've got a new fan so for me Dior has been a designer brand that I've just now taken a personal kind of interest in and um, mm -hmm. I've been doing kind of just a lot of research and especially with their um, designer of dreams um, exhibition opening up in London which I really oh, want to go I visit really go to see it I, so much. I'm thinking about just getting a flight over on a Saturday morning and getting a flight home on Saturday evening just to see it but yeah. After like doing a bit of research on that and watching shows, like previous shows and how the collections have developed, mm. I was really interested in watching Dior this year. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, for me, the show was nothing special, nothing really innovative, yeah. but it stayed true to what Dior as a brand stands for and kind of the work that they produce. So there was nothing really, like they had their tool skirts and they had, yeah. or tool skirts or tool skirts or... Tool. tool. I was right mm. the first time and then I did it myself. They had their tool skirts and they had um, like the different colours of check. Yeah. And yeah, they just stayed through their brand and I was really happy to see that because it is so beautiful. Mm. I know that whenever um, a lot of journalists were talking to Maria Grazia mm. afterwards, she said that what she really tried to do this season, which is very much in keeping with what your initial gut reaction mm -hmm. to the clothes were, which was she went back through the archive, she kind of went back to Christian Dior, 1950s mm -hmm. styling, and really tried to kind of redefine the codes mm -hmm. of the house as they were established by Christian Dior himself. Yeah, And you could really see that with that kind of 50s styling, with the, mm -hmm. the new look, the, the full tulle skirts. And it was interesting to kind of see how they were um, styled together with, you know, maybe a very cute feminine long dress, but with a... a a roll neck jumper yeah. styled underneath it and I loved all of the, the cinched in waist yeah. with the black leather obi belt with the with the D branding hanging mm -hmm. down. Um and it was very much kind of sticking to that kind of, you know, Dior code. Yeah. And bringing it into like a modern age. Yeah, very much so. And I think as well looking at the styling, it was very much kind of bringing those designs into a younger audience mm -hmm. as well. I think Maria Grazia understands that yeah. that's her client and that's who she really wants to speak to and you could see that with the styling. Yeah. I do agree there was nothing massively yeah. innovative and new and edgy about it but it was very much about kind of um, showing people what the codes the traditional codes of the House of mm -hmm. Dior is and really kind of establishing that for, for a modern audience. Mm -hmm. So I know that you mentioned that Maria Grazia went back to like the Dior roots and mm -hmm. kind of went back to see what that like traditional aesthetic was. Yeah. And we know someone else who did that this week with Paris Fashion Week and it was Hetty with Celine, which has been a controversial, you know, like takeover basically for the last year. Oh, but completely. <laughs> he brought it, he kind of brought it this time. He really brought it. And it was really interesting to see because, you know, Hetty as a designer is 
somewhat controversial. Mm -hmm. It was the same whenever he was at Saint Laurent. Yeah. I mean, it's thanks to him that we no longer have Yves Saint Laurent. And he's very in much... Parts, in yeah, parts. In parts. Um, but he is very known for kind of, this is my aesthetic, this is how I design, mm -hmm. these are the clothes I like to produce, and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really matter which house I'm in, I'm going to do heady, yeah. and that's it. And you could really see that last season in terms of what he was producing for Celine, whereas this season it was a complete turnabout. Yeah. And do you know what? I think he really knocked it out of the park because mm -hmm. it was a good decision. Yeah, because he really went back to kind of looking again, as we said with Dior, with mm -hmm. Maria Grazia, he really went back to the, the roots of what Celine as a brand was when it was first established. Mm -hmm. Very much looking at that kind of French bourgeois woman that mm -hmm. wanted that very... Um, elegant, um, but simple, but simple, classic, chic mm -hmm. pieces. And we really saw a return to that, but in a way that was modernized, that I think is relevant for works. so many age groups. Definitely across the board for me, looking at it, like just seeing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Again, it was like that moment where I was like, I could wear that outfit tomorrow yeah. because I have the long pleated midi skirt upstairs. Mm -hmm. I have the over the knee boots with like, yeah. you know, the biker jackets or a different way of wearing your bomber jacket. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't know the history of like the, even like how people like, you know, people didn't really respect them after changing, you know, the name of Celine. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm not changing the name of Celine, but the logo of Celine. Yeah. And people are just like, what are you doing? You're not staying true to what um, Phoebe kind of did. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that he kind of brought it back to something that was maybe more relatable, but also yeah. gained the respect of the fashion world again. That's probably a bit harsh, kind of. Mm -hmm. I don't mean it as harsh as I said it, but no, no, no. But that people were like, okay, we're we're on board again. We're on board with what you can do with this fashion house. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's always a balance between because um, whenever you bring a designer into a house, you obviously are bringing them in because you know they're going to bring something to the game mm -hmm. that is going to progress the label and evolve mm -hmm. the label. But ultimately you do have those style code style code <laughs> DNA elements within that brand that, you know, your audience expect to continue to mm -hmm. see. And it is that continual balance of getting those two things right. And I think Hedy was never going to be Phoebe, but his aesthetic was never like Phoebe's to begin yeah. with. So they didn't want somebody to come in and do Phoebe. Phoebe yeah. had her time it was very, very well respected. But they purposely brought in somebody that isn't Phoebe yeah. to do something different. And I think Hedy tried to kind of just do his own thing to hell with what Celine was known for. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily worked either. This time around, I think he got that balance really, really, really well thought out and really yeah. well done. And yeah, really liked it. I'm already excited to see what he's going to do for the next season. And we've made it our final kind of show that we want to mention. Mm -hmm. From Paris, which of course is probably no surprise to anyone that is here. But yes, it is the Chanel show. Oh, so emotional watching, mm -hmm. but do you know what? Fantastic, fantastic show. Carl's final collection for the fashion house, and it was it was different than their still amazing, but different mm -hmm. than the usual kind of you know kind of show that maybe yeah. that they put out, especially with some of the looks. Mm -hmm. Chanel is known for their tweed skirt suits they're yeah, like bigger yeah. enough that was like a real word earlier but um, the tweed skirt suits and for me that's not relatable because I was like I probably won't ever want to wear one of those mm. so seeing them kind of missing from the catwalk as much yeah. I was actually quite happy with that because we got to see something a wee bit maybe more modern 
Mm. And I'm going to use the word relevant again because it's like usage just across the board. But mm. every single look I thought was just very forward thinking. Yeah. Well, Chanel's always known for kind of, you know, every season they always have really amazing production values. Mm -hmm. And the production value of the show is usually very reflective in terms of what we're seeing on the catwalk mm -hmm. as well. So we've had, you know, the supermarket collection, we've had the, the spaceship collection, we've had computer-based collection. <laughs> um, this time, beach-inspired yeah. looks. This time we were returning to, you know, that little, you know, super cute alpine village. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the clothes was that they were very, very relatable, yeah. which isn't something that Chanel is known for. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of looks, especially those first couple of looks mm -hmm. with the sort of the, the, the tailored suits. And when Cara Delphine came out with the, the houndstooth and the mixture of the houndstooth and the, the tweed yeah. with, the, with the coat over the suit. It was actually very bold and very different from what we've certainly been seeing from Chanel in recent years, and I really, really liked it. It was amazing, and I thought it was a very, it was a very strong look. They had like the matching like hands to like fedora kind of, yeah. and seeing that come down the catwalk, I was just like, this is, feels like it's so it's it's kind of weird because it feels like something like a new start, like something mm. completely new, and at the same time, it was very like somber kind of serene atmosphere because of obviously everything that has happened over the past yeah. couple of weeks but the collection was very special mm. I really loved the fact that yes it was kind of alpine inspired but it wasn't done in a gimmicky way it mm -hmm. was done in a very dare I use the word again relatable in clothes that you could actually picture yourself wanting to wear mm -hmm. so you know you had those kind of um, really nice kind of wintry knit dresses yeah. and you had really nice kind of you know Chanel jumpers but done in a way that I think a lot of women would actually want to wear yeah definitely it was I'm going to use the word mature I used mm. mature earlier but it felt it felt mature but not in like the sense of maybe how like maybe Victoria Beckham had yeah. done her collection for London I could definitely see myself in in plenty of the Chanel collections. Mm -hmm. One of my favourites was, we spoke about it earlier, was it was like the Apria ski kind uh, of looks. Yes. They had like the little, little ski guys on it. And again, that was kind of different because there was a bit of pattern in there that wasn't, it was like we used the word, used the word gimmicky there and not that, yeah. not that that's gimmicky because it was obviously like still inspired by the same thing. Yeah. I'm kind of like going around in circles here trying to explain these little guys on the, on the jumpsuits but it was yeah. it was very cute but still kind of like street style-esque mm -hmm. like it's definitely something again that you would see on Instagram or yeah um, anyone like that kind of wearing it but yet within the collection there was still a lot of versatility yeah and like I mean that's we, what I'm actually going for versatility yeah and yes you had those relatable looks but then equally you had Penelope Cruz coming out at the yeah. end in that beautiful little like snowball puffball yeah. mini dress cocktail dress I was like oh my goodness that's so cute with the sequins across it and yes. then like the feathers oh so nice so beautiful. so nice and one thing I would definitely suggest is for people to go online and take a look at some of the, the photography from mm -hmm. it actually see some of the detail because when you look at some of those um, pieces the detail in terms of how it's actually been constructed is really really cool mm -hmm. and really really interesting so definitely would recommend taking a look at the photographs yeah. and actually seeing that because speaking about that like Chanel artistry that oh, like completely. that what they're known for and it's yeah. like 
even if you've seen the Seven Days documentary that's on Netflix, mm -hmm. it really goes into the detail that the um that, the atelier. Yeah, the atelier um I was really scared if I was gonna pronounce it wrong. This is like what my faux pas for like tonight oh. has been. But how much detail they go into making it and it really is it opens your eyes mm -hmm. that it's not just you know, you understand why it's designer, you understand why it's luxury and yeah. how much like heart and soul really goes into making each of these pieces. Well, that's the thing with Chanel, I think, especially over all the other brands, it's kind of nearly seen as fashion royalty. Mm -hmm. Carr himself was very much seen as fashion royalty. And it's a brand that people look at and go, oh, it's really expensive. It's really luxurious. It's very, very opulent. It's that top tier. Yeah. And people just see it as a branding thing. They don't necessarily understand what actually goes into the construction yeah. and the making of those garments. And that's what makes them so special. Yes, it's an iconic brand. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's an internationally, globally recognized brand. But when you watch a documentary like that, I think it really gives you an insight into not only what goes into creating those designs, mm -hmm. also the love and the passion that those people have for mm -hmm. what they're doing. You know, a lot of the people that work in that atelier have been there 30, 40, 50 years. They yeah. have devoted their lives to creating these beautiful, special, amazing pieces. Mm -hmm. And it's lovely to see. To me, that's the heart and soul mm -hmm. of the brand. It's not the marketing and the money and or the and logo or like it's it's yeah. none of that it's the heart and soul of these people who passionately create mm -hmm. these beautiful works of art and you really do see that with Chanel one thing that also comes into my mind just from the collection we spoke about versatility like mm. we've seen Penelope Cruz and um, walk down in the in the puffball kind of yeah. you know dress but then there was so many like colourful pieces on the catwalk mm -hmm. as well like there was puffer jackets which is one thing I was very surprised about because like they have been in collections now going back two or three years, but they yeah. come back literally every single year. And it probably fitted into the whole, you know, Chanel, Chate or Gardenia or yeah. what they kind of had going on. It was kind of nice to see that, like, again, that Chanel isn't like too, I'm going to say too good, but for yeah, those trends yeah. that are hitting the high street mm. constantly, that they can bring it and make it their own and fit it into their brand. And, basically just do it a Chanel twist to it yeah I think for someone like me who maybe isn't necessarily that street I know I've, I've obviously touched on it quite mm -hmm. a lot but I'm not a street style streetwear kind mm -hmm. of you know person I'm about classically tailored beautifully cut sophisticated chic clothes <laughs> so to me it's really good to kind of see a brand like yeah. Chanel reinterpret a street look in a way that I can relate to it mm -hmm. in a way that I would want to potentially wear it so yeah I never thought I'd say it but yeah I really liked it you could maybe see um, Louise in a puffer jacket soon possibly puffer jacket never a onesie oh well we did Don't. speak about Chanel onesies at some point before all of this so you never know no <laughs> not happening I think one of the things I touched on earlier as well was the production values mm -hmm. and how with every show Chanel always likes to kind of take a theme with it. Mm -hmm. This time we had the, the Alpine yeah. feel and I think it was really nice to see at the beginning all of the models coming out bar the last four looks mm -hmm. and having that minute silence for Carl. And I think it was a very poignant moment and it mm -hmm. was a, a point for reflection as well over yeah. what Carl has done for the house and 
what we were going to see subsequently on the on the catwalk. It was done in a very traditional way, which actually I really quite liked. You know, it's such a momentous, like people can't believe it. Yeah. But I the traditional minute of silence and then having his voiceover from the Chanel podcast. Yeah. Um was really, really beautiful. And there was a moment when he was speaking in French mm. and he said the last line in English of, oh, it was like walking through a painting. painting. Yeah. And that was just so lovely. And that's obviously how he described this collection. And that's what he wanted to kind of portray. Mm. And him saying that and then the collection taking off from there while everyone was still out was, it was all, it was all very kind of low key, which is not yeah. what Chanel, Chanel, you know, goes big and bold, but it was done yeah. in a very, in a very, just in a very like calming and nice way so yeah. that the show didn't exactly understood I think yeah so it didn't kind of didn't take over um, obviously because again you know it's all done in his memory but it mm. wasn't like a big massive kind of crazy show mm. and it definitely went in the right direction with it I think yeah and I know one thing which I found really nice as well was that whenever you looked at the the photographs from the actual show mm. and you looked at the fro you, know, you had so many of Carl's personal friends and supporters through the years so you had Claudia Schiffer and you had Naomi Campbell mm. and you had so many of the models that had walked in so many of the iconic mm. shows not only sitting in the fro also taking part in yeah. the show itself and I know for me one part that was very poignant for me was whenever the models came out at the end and rather than them coming out in single file mm -hmm. they came out collectively as a group holding hands you could even see some of the girls even getting a bit emotional, emotional. Yeah. and it just for me it was it really reinforced that idea that Chanel as a brand is a family mm -hmm. and how much the relationship of Carl meant to everyone involved in yeah. the brand and that even though Carl is no longer with us mm -hmm. that sense of family and that sense of support and togetherness will continue through throughout in Chanel mm -hmm. moving forward and it was just it's a very poignant moment but yeah. a, a really nice nice moment it really it worked and yeah. I don't think anyone would think any differently for it I think everyone felt the exact same way mm. and one thing which I really want to kind of say you know rounding it up as well is that yes it was Carl's final collection mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of people will want to say positive things because it was his last collection yeah the truth of the matter is it was a really strong collection it was a really good collection you know it it was really good you know sometimes with Chanel collections they can be somewhat sameish mm -hmm. in ways but this was one of the strongest I can honestly say it's one of the strongest collections I've seen Carl produce in recent years mm -hmm. and I think it was very fitting that that should be the last collection that we had from him yeah so yeah I really loved it well done Carl yeah so we'll actually go back to the start of Fashion Month. Like, New York brought a lot of 70s disco and it actually taught me a lot about what to expect for the rest of Fashion mm. Month. And don't forget about Marc Jacobs. I know how much you loved the Marc Jacobs collection. Marc Jacobs needs to... Yeah, no. It was kind of along the lines of Balenciaga where it was just like, it just didn't work. I think we were watching <laughs> different shows. One of my favourites was actually Michael Kors, which I was actually pleasantly surprised about. And then London Fashion Week. What was kind of your favourite from London Fashion Week? I know we got kind of controversial mm. on it. Oh, I loved Burberry. 100%. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, no, we did get controversial. Burberry was amazing. Vivian Westwood, as much as I hate to say it, no, it was a complete 
yeah no it, di it didn't really work it just didn't and Christopher Kane I think that was the first time you'd ever experienced exposed to his designs yeah and definitely it was it was interesting it was it was also questionable but in a very good and creative way yeah yeah well, I think that was London I mean you know New York looking back very commercial yeah London, very kind of design oriented, mm -hmm. innovative, cool, edgy, and then obviously moving into Milan. Mm -hmm. um, it was classic think, kind yeah. of Milan. Well, apart from Gucci, which is just like cray cray. But it was typical Alessandro. Gucci. <laughs> yeah, well, typical modern Gucci. Yeah. I, I still think Gucci is Tom Ford, even though it's not anymore. Yeah, so. no, not really. That's where my Definitely heart lies. Not really. And yeah. then now we're into Paris, which was just oh. like so much creativity fashion and dream yeah it really really was and it was just so like artistically driven and it just ticked every single box well, I think that's the thing you know there was so many strong standout shows and obviously we've tried to kind of cover some of our highlights mm -hmm. tonight there were so many other shows that we could have talked about yeah. as well you know we had you know stuff going on at Chloe we had Valentino we had Maison Margiela uh, but literally if we had talked about every show that inspired us creatively we would have been sitting here for a couple of hours. Yeah, like so. we'd be here, like, I'm not even going to say all night. We'd probably be here for a couple of nights because we're yeah. all Adrian's looking at his watch right now and he's telling us to, like, you know, wind this wind up. Wind this but, up, guys. You know, when you're passionate about something and you're really involved in it, it's nice that we can sit and talk it out and talk, talk about these things with you guys. Definitely. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed kind of getting our insights into what we were loving through Fashion mm -hmm. Month and hopefully getting a bit of an education as well about maybe some designers and brands <laughs> that you maybe haven't necessarily been aware of mm -hmm. and that now you've been education kind of talk for about me. it, you'll maybe take a look for yourselves. Exactly. Hopefully we'll spark some sort of interest in your head for maybe, you know, tuning in for spring summer twenty. That'll be the next one. And that's episode five from us, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If there's anything that you found interesting, make sure to put it in the comments below. But yeah, we made it Fashion Month is over for another season. So guys, I just want to say thank you so much for watching and we look forward to seeing you guys at the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Good luck. <laughs>